When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, and alongside me, as always, my good brother, via satellite and the DCAU do Twitter guru. I can't even say it this week. I'm so exhausted. 39 episodes. <laughs> I, I can't get it right. The DCAU review Twitter guru, Liam. There you go. Liam, welcome to episode 40 of the DCAU review. Yeah, we're, uh, we've got an interesting one to talk today. It's got some connections to the original Batman, the animated series, and also... There will be some follow-up from last week's episode on what doesn't happen in this episode. <laughs> so uh, it's certainly an interesting one as we continue through uh, Batman Beyond for this month of February. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this episode, of course, is called Winning Edge. Um, or is, is it The Winning Edge or Winning the Edge? The Winning Edge. Okay, The Winning Edge. Pardon me. So The Winning Edge. And uh, you're right. It, there is some uh, some cool uh, a cool little tie back to the original Batman animated series. You get a cameo, brief, albeit brief, from one of the uh, original Batman Rogues Gallery. Uh, one of the first that we actually see here. Um, I mean, there's some allusions, of course, via the Joker's, um, and uh, but this is really your your first appearance of uh, one of the original Batman so Rogues, freeze, of course. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that a glaring omission on my part, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess I guess you could totally say that what I just said was completely false. <laughs> One of the first. One of the first appearances, uh, and we don't get too many of them. Obviously, we have the movie built around uh, the Joker, and then you had the Mister Freeze episode, but uh, you don't get too many other. Uh, strong cameos from from Batman Rogues. I think we we talked about it when we when we did the first episode. Was that um, I think it's on one of the commentaries. Bruce Tim made it clear that they just didn't want to do every villain beyond. Yeah, um, they didn't want to copy and paste the Batman Rogues and and put them in the future. So um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting. We get we get to see a little bit of Bane in this episode. So um, Liam, I guess we can jump into plot. Um, so your plot is, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very Spider-Man. It's a very special episode. Yeah. It's a very, very Spider-Man teen angst, um, teen issue, uh, revolving around the, uh, high school drug use, I guess. Yes. And p- performance enhancing drugs, PEDs, um, involves high school. I don't even know what's, do they ever name that sport? That they're playing the air tube uh, kind of hockey football it's, thing. It's like zero gravity hockey football 
mixed with like sh- sh- like rugby or <laughs> or or badminton, not badminton, um, cricket, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know what it is, but um, they never really say what the sport is. But it's yeah. So uh, and uh, it's made er, uh, very obvious early on that the coach really doesn't care about anything except winning. Your typical high school uh, cliched sports coach that just, just cares slap, about winning. The coach just slaps a kid in front of <laughs> in front of everybody at one point. Yeah, it's there's a couple things in this episode that kind of left me scratching my head when it came to the coach, uh, including why does he dress up in like a full <laughs> uniform at one point? Why was he just walking around in the locker room? Yeah, there's a scene where he fights Batman, and he he was wearing uh, walking around the locker room wearing full full uniform pads. Yeah, it's it's sort of like imagining like Bill Belichick walking around the Patriots locker room in in pads and a helmet and right, you know, like ready to throw footballs at somebody if he comes across them. It doesn't doesn't quite add up. What is going on here with this guy? What's this guy's story? The 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 coach creeped me out. I'm not sure. He, I think he was sort of like I sort of felt like he was put in there to be a red herring of some sort. Yeah. But at the same time, they didn't. It, they didn't really dwell on his character enough to make you ever really think that he was responsible. Like I, it was very quick, very quickly. You realized that the person that was using and, and getting the drugs was, you know, the, the student and he was picking him up from some guy in a car. So right. why, if, if it was the coach, then why wouldn't the coach just hand? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I felt like he was a red herring there that was just set up, but it wasn't a, done very well i don't know yeah i think that's fair yeah it's i I, overall i did like i did like the plot i think it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of a simple story simple enough anyway of you know terry terry is aware of this epidemic of slappers this you know steroid made out of venom and uh and so he goes on to investigate i like seeing terry get to be a little bit more of a detective on his own again this week and um and then he sort of comes across these thugs who are breaking into an electronics store. He realizes that one of the thugs is this kid Mason because one of the thug- one of the other uh, students just shouts his name. Um, <laughs> They're not professional crooks, clearly. They no, no they didn't go to the school that taught taught you not to shout the name of yeah. the person that's on your crew. And to be fair, they are they they do do a pretty good job of uh, of implying these kids are very desperate to get to get this money to get these slappers. So, Mm -hmm. so that's part of, you're right. They are, they are amateurs, but, and then from there it's, he, you know, he tries, he investigates Bane. He discovers that Bane is sort of in uh, some sort of assisted living place. He's on a respirator. He's not moving. He's not even responsive. And so they're, they're all kind of left scratching their heads. You know, Bruce and Terry are sort of left scratching their heads as to who is, behind this and of course it turns out to be Bane's helper like male nurse I guess he doesn't even get a name that was something that was something that annoyed me allegedly it's Jackson Chapel according to IMDB but I don't remember them ever saying that name they I'm pretty sure at the very last scene Bane I mean Bruce even calls him Bane's assistant he doesn't even call him he doesn't even call him whatever that's fine but as far as I know he doesn't he doesn't get a, a name shout out he's simply referred to as Bane's assistant or Bane's doctor or whatever yeah and there's also like a a little subplot of Terry is uh 
coming home late a lot because of his Batman uh, adventures and his mother is getting suspicious. And then his mother finds these slappers in his bag and thinks he's using drugs. So you have that subplot of him not being able to just come out and say, I'm not using drugs. I'm just Batman. Right. So there's, there's some interesting little intrigue. And I kind of wish we've talked about this with a few different plot elements of beyond that they had maybe let that play out a little bit longer mm-hmm. just because I think that's, you know, the, that's uh, a little more interesting because, you know, uh, Mary McGinnis, his mom is sort of the stand in for like the aunt may Whereas right. in Spider-Man aunt may is kind of oblivious to it all. Or is most in, you know, in the original portrayals, it's just like a sweet old lady. Right. Whereas this seeing that Terry's mom is like very active and is worried about him. And it's like, if all she knows is that her son is, you know, getting all of these demerits and is, is failing tests and looks tired all the time. It's like, she's concerned. She's active and, and just having sort of Bruce show up at the end to sort of magic it all away. I thought was maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity to not sort of further that storyline. That's fair. I, I wouldn't, I would not disagree with that. I think that wrapping it up and making it, um, putting a nice little bow on the end of it did seem to, to cheapen things a little bit and to eliminate that tension. I think you're right. I think if you carry that over for a couple of episodes, maybe not the, the, the idea that she thinks he's doing drugs, but the idea that maybe she's just suspicious or there's, you know, there's not a lot of explanation for the things that, that are happening, his behaviors and all that. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. So yeah. what, did, what did you end up giving, giving the episode as a score? Yeah, I, overall, I still thought it was really strong. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I think it's it's good. It's succinct. It's sort of punctuated by a couple of fun little Batman fight scenes throughout the episode. So you get your dose of action. And I think overall, it's it's pretty strong. And I and I liked that sort of, like as I mentioned, the... The trouble at home side of of being a teenage Batman, I think, is is a pretty interesting little uh, uh, story beat. Cool, cool, yeah. What about you? Um, I, I gave it six out of ten. Very different. Very um, completely different. Um, I think I think there's there's a lot in this episode that does work. I think for the type of episode that they they had to write or that they wrote, which is interesting because it is. It, you know, it's as an adult or as a teenager, you're able to to relate to this storyline, and um, you know they're addressing a, an issue that's sort of evergreen in, as far as like teens using and drugs, whether it's yeah, whether it's PEDs or whether it's drugs, actual drugs. Um, it's it, you know it's sort of a, a relevant topic. Whenever I think the thing that doesn't work for me was the fact that they just decided to make this guy that was Bane's assistant the villain. It didn't make you know, it, there there wasn't any tension that built up in it. It, it. The reveal didn't really shock anybody or make any. It really didn't make any sense. It's like this character shows up, you know, in the middle of the second act, and then it's revealed, you know, at the very beginning of the third act that he's the guy that's running the business. It's like, oh, right. Am I supposed to be shocked or surprised by that? That. And as you and, mentioned, once once the the coach is pretty early on eliminated as a suspect, so right. if he's not the guy almost by process of elimination, you realize either it has to just be a no name who we've not met yet, or it's the one other guy they've introduced. That's an adult. Right. Right. And I, you know, I th- think it was, it was nice to have a nod to Bane in there, but it was almost, 
and I appreciate it, and I'm glad that they did it. But it was almost unnecessary because he's it's it could have just it could have just been anybody because it was just anybody that was right that was doing it, like somebody. And you know they tried to shoehorn it. Oh well, he took the he got the formula from Bane at some point because Bane needed it to needed somebody else to be able to administer it to him so that he could live or something like that. But it really didn't have much of an impact. And the guy looks ridiculous, especially in the, in the <laughs> final scene. Uh, I guess we will talk about that in visuals, but yeah, um, because well, I need to mention in plot before sure. we move on though. Sure. Um, so we mentioned last week, the entire episode revolves around Terry breaking up with Dana. He has this uh, tryst with Melanie Walker, AKA 10, Melanie goes to jail at the end. This week, Dana, Terry, just back together. No, no mention. No harm, no foul. <laughs> and and Terry falls asleep on their date. And she's just like, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow. I was like, man, Dana, Dana needs to have more respect for herself. Hashtag Dana deserves better. That's, that's true. That's, that's my. Uh, I that's do my literally hashtag. have that written in all caps in my notes. By the way, Dana deserves better. She's so much better. What the heck? Seriously, Terry, Terry, the jerk. Um, yeah, or just or just tell her you're Batman, dude. Like, right. or, or break up, or break just break up with her. Like, don't right. don't be the don't be the douche boyfriend that has to t- string her along for your selfish purposes, man. Come on. Um, yeah, seriously. Yeah, very very valid point though. Um, so yeah, you, you good with, uh, good with plot? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's move on. Uh, so let's talk about music. Um, I thought music was pretty strong in this episode overall. I think the parts that I noticed, um, the most, uh, I noticed that they had started using the main Batman Beyond theme, uh, more in the, in the notes during the show, I guess. Um, A lot of that is used to punctuate some of the scenes, a la Batman the Animated Series with the main Batman theme or Superman the Animated Series. I think we had commented on that at some point that we weren't sure how often that was going to be worked in and whether or not that was something that we would notice. I don't think we did notice it for the first couple episodes, maybe here or there. Um, But uh, it really seemed to come through on this episode. Yeah, um, I think there's some good music that punctuates the scene between uh, Terry fighting the coach. There's some good, uh, of course, some some good music uh, when he's actually investigating and he first runs into Bane. There's some good, good um, sort of high intensity. Uh, really brings the emotion, the intensity of you know, is he going to stumble into Bane as as a you know, as an old crazy jacked old man. Right. Um, so again, it, it maybe would have been cooler, honestly. Probably. It probably would have been then his Merce being a, uh, you know, being the mastermind behind it, but yeah, uh, whatever. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, so I, I gave it a strong seven out of 10 for music. What about you? Yeah, I give it a, a very different six out of 10. Um, um, that was different. really good. I liked the, uh, I liked that, and we've mentioned it before, there's sort of a recurring sort of frantic, like really hard rock theme that punctuates a lot of the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it specifically worked in this fight, and we'll get to it a little bit more in visuals. But that, that fight, the final fight, really feels like more of a brawl than a lot of superhero cartoons or comic books usually are. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I liked that a lot, and I thought the music's really like frantic, 
almost like a, it almost gets to like a speed metal type feel mm. as it's just mm-hmm. like it keeps the tempo just keeps ramping up and it keeps bu- building and building as Terry's getting kind of in more and more mortal danger. So yeah, I think it's strong. I think, I think six out of 10 is a, is a solid score. Nice. All right. Well, let us move on to animation and visuals. Um, what, any, uh, anything stick out to you from, uh, from this episode? I mean, obviously the big thing is the physical changes that everybody goes through when they start using the slappers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pretty good at showing uh, Mason, the the student who's the, also the ringleader of the Thebes. He's, you know, his, his like his shoulders are slouched. He's got bags under his eyes, and then he puts the slappers on, and you you know see his veins bulge out, and his arms get bigger, and he sort of stands up tall, you know, more uh, stands up straight, and he's a more of a physical threat at that point, both in mm-hmm. the in the air zero grab hockey football and in the uh, the fight <laughs> scene with Terry. So official name, by the way, it's really catchy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, it must be it must be a big deal because like it's played in a high school, right? Right. Yeah, they're not Just replaced they're like not... lacrosse or something. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, um, I, I I did like the visuals of of the way the slappers worked. Um, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, the. Uh, the Merce at the end, uh, he does he does get into the more sort of cartoony. He almost looks like a Caucasian Hulk or something by the end. Yeah, I was thinking like I don't know, like a like a Family Guy type <laughs> type style animation. Just he, you know, big, huge upper body, and his eyeballs get real big and weird looking, or or maybe even like a Teen Titans Go villain, like. Yeah. He just looks he looks ridiculous and uh he's got that stupid goatee and like his <laughs> hair slicked back and he's wearing like a, a wife beater and, and but like no gloves or anything so I, I, I don't know yeah I I didn't love his his uh his uh visuals yeah that's fair oh and, uh, and as I mentioned uh with music I did really enjoy the final fight though cause, and I like the way they have Terry fight is he's not doing a lot of like judo throws or you know fancy moves it's a lot of like punching kicking he throws a headbutt at one point Mm -hmm. Uh, he's very much like i mean we've established almost from episode one that yeah terry's a tough kid and obviously the suit enhances his agility and his strength but he's still you know a teenager who is you know relatively new to this so i liked the idea that he kind of gets his butt kicked a little bit and when he has someone or has a foe that can match him kind of punch for punch. He's, he's a little outmatched for a while and he doesn't quite know how to go about it, about how to stop him at first. He kind of like grabs like a, a metal pole and the guy just kind of smacks that out of his hand and they sort of brawl a little bit more. And then he like throws chemicals into his face and there's an explosion and all that to, <laughs> to finish him off. But I, yeah, I, I kind of, as weird as that sounds, I like seeing that Terry kind of gets, gets his butt kicked. I think if there's a, a complaint about modern Batman comics in general. It's that sometimes uh, the Bruce Wayne Batman feels maybe a little too perfect or a little too uh, OP as it were. And Mm -hmm. so to see a Batman here who is obviously still very capable and very tough and very courageous, but still he's got to work at it because one, he's new to it. And two, he's facing foes that are, you know, are able to match him either in strength or brutality or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. Yeah. That's, that's a valid point. 
I think that that's fair. Um, can we talk about the weird part where the guy, the the Merce, ends up falling on the conveyor belt full of slappers, <laughs> and he sort of like lets out this agonizing scream and gets even bigger, like. He's like fighting. He's got the slapper still attached to his skin. He's like, yes, it's it's weird. Also, apparently, slappers work through clothing because he's like got them stuck on his on his wife beater and stuff. His shirt his is pants. so tight, but the slapper is <laughs> able to. He's still able to absorb slappers through his shirt. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Um, my score for animation, I didn't didn't hate anything other than the Merce character <laughs> design. Um, I didn't necessarily. I, I hate's a strong word. I didn't. I didn't like his design. How about that? That's um, fair. And also, I, I mean, we've talked about this before. When you're coming off some of the episodes we've already watched with mm-hmm. characters like Blight or Shriek or Ink, and then you just have a jacked up dude with big googly eyes and a in a tank top, it's kind of a yeah. letdown. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And like you, you didn't really do any. Like even something as simple as, and I, I get it, they're amateur, they're amateur thieves. But the guys from the the school that are that are stealing the the stuff so that they can get more slappers are wearing the same outfits they wear to school the next day, just yeah. with ski masks. Like these guys aren't smart enough to realize that hey maybe you shouldn't wear the jack your school jacket to <laughs> to break into the electronics place tonight like yeah that was uh, I mean I'm not asking them to to have matching you know jumpsuits or something like that like they're a real gang but you know just if it could have at least been like less descript clothing yeah like if they were wearing like t-shirts and jeans maybe. Sure. But they're they're wearing these like big oversized, as you mentioned, like like the this red and gray jacket or whatever. <laughs> it's pretty noticeable. There aren't we don't see anybody else wearing a jacket except for uh, Mason in this episode, right? So yeah, guess guess what? Guess how how quickly did it take, or how how uh, how quick did Batman point that one out? Didn't take right. the world's greatest detective to figure that out. Oh, right. it's Mason. He's also wearing Mason's jacket. Um, <laughs> But but you're right. There wasn't anything that stood out to me as far as like designs in this episode. There wasn't anything that was really unique. I mean, it was interesting to see Bane sitting in a in a hospital chair, I guess. Um, but even that, like, it's you know, you get a quick shot of him and then that's it. So uh, I gave I gave animation six out of ten. Um, it didn't. I didn't think it was. A, there was nothing offensive, um, but it, it it didn't do anything necessarily to to blow me away uh, i felt like you know and i don't know what they would have done differently but just it just was just kind of middle of the road what about you yeah and, and in this case i think it's almost like that's like an intersection of the plot and the visuals like mm-hmm. maybe even if bane isn't the guy who has the final fight if he had sort of been still conscious and he was like the old godfather type still trying to run his old empire you know his old venom empire from you know, when he's a few years before the grave and then he has some like really loyal, you know, henchmen that could have maybe been a little more interesting, but yeah, as it is, it's just some kind of generic thugs. And then, uh, Merce, Merce, the Merce, the tank top Merce. Correct. (laughs) 
Mercy tank top. I think. Anyway, like. I I gave uh, I gave visuals a six out of ten. So six, six out of ten as well. Very yeah. Solid. Very... I would say you know solid leaning towards good, but nothing that's uh, blowing my mind either. Agreed. All right. Last but not least, Liam, let us head to our voice actors. Uh, anybody in particular that we need to notate this week besides our standard Kevin Conroy and Will Friedle? Well, we have a. Uh, uh, from Beverly Hills 90210, and I did check that is the show he was on this time. I'm not mistaking <laughs> it for Melrose Place or one of those other ones. Uh, I, Ian Zierig is, uh, plays Mason in this episode. Okay. Also, also, also known as the lead in the, they've made like eight Sharknados now, I think. Okay. He's, he's the lead along with uh, uh, the legendary Tara Reed in those movies. So, uh, ah, okay. So he's, gotcha. the, he's, the male, he's the male Sharknado lead. Gotcha. And then, uh, aside from that, yeah, we have Larry Drake as uh, as the Merce, who okay. didn't didn't have a lot of interesting uh, stuff in his background. I will mention the uh, coach, Coach Krieger, played uh, played by Peter Jason, which I only mentioned because he was in the movie They Live, ah. which of course uh, starred one Rowdy Roddy Piper. So, you know, anytime I get to anytime I get to mention the. Uh, pro wrestling uh aspect of my my life my fandoms i'm gonna i'm gonna take it but yeah i think the the big time players or the 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 ones that do the heavy lifting in this episode are definitely uh uh mistress conroy and fidel uh, fidel though yeah yeah i liked um i liked that even though i i I think we both disagreed with them kind of putting a um an end to the the tension between Terry and his mom at the end of the episode. I do like that Bruce comes in and is able to to kind of set set things straight. And really, he saves the day because you know. The, okay, one thing that I didn't mention during plot, you gotta love that Bruce is like pissed off at a seventeen year old kid for like being tired. Yes, <laughs> he's like it's like it's like what. To, this is too hard for you. You're out too late. <laughs> Bruce, he's a 17 year old kid, and Bruce doesn't care about his grades in high school either. It's like, well, you just have to be Batman. Like, well, it's like come last on, week when he's complaining to him about Dana breaking up, and he's like, "You'll be back together next week." <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, he was right, but we didn't know that at the time. <laughs> Bruce has zero compassion for Terry. It's true. There, I think there's literally like... an episode later where he says, "None of the Robins ever complained about stuff like this." <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah except none of the robins are even around anymore and one of them right what does that tell you <laughs> Bruce. That tell? spoiler alert um yeah uh okay all right so those are yeah most of the heavy lifting is done by by terry and 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 bruce and i i think terry is uh will will Friedel is good in this episode i think he has some some uh, chops Chops is uh, 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 to to show off some some muscles to flex, as it were. I think he does a good job. He carries most of the episode. Um, you get the Terry Batman voice. I don't think we've talked about the Terry Batman voice yet, have we? Not really. No, it, it is there. It's more in the vein of like the bat before it got really silly in Dark Knight. Like the it's a little gravelly, like the Christian Bale voice, where he's he's de- deepening it and putting a little gravel to it, but it's not quite so cartoony like that one. Right. Right. Agreed. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I like it. It, um, you know, it's a good way. He 
believable. He's disguising his voice. He's still a 17 year old kid. So he needs to make right. sure that he try do whatever he can to try and intimidate, um, intimidate the, uh, the villains as it were. So, uh, good, good job by Mr. Fidel in this episode. With that said, everybody else is just kind of, eh, it's all right. Like, and, and Kevin Conroy's fine. Like they yeah. they don't ask too much of him. Um, so for that reason, I gave voice acting a six out of 10. And I gave it a very different seven out of 10. Um, seven out of 10. Yeah. I thought like you mentioned, uh, Will, Will and Kevin did a great job and, and Terry Gar or as Terry's mom, I thought did a solid job. Nothing, nothing too, uh, too great that I can add to that. I do think, as you mentioned, Terry, Terry's got to play or Will Friedle's got to play like concerned student Terry He's got to play like exhausted guy. He's got to play like defensive, like no, those aren't my drugs. Right, uh, teenager, and then he's got to play as you mentioned. He has to do the Batman voice, so definitely, definitely uh, letting him utilize some of his uh, varying uh, acting abilities there. So yeah, definitely, he's definitely the strongest part of it, no doubt. Absolutely, yeah. I I, I think that um, I've I've been impressed so far. Because I think, you know, it's looking at these, as we always say, with a critical eye, sometimes it's it's um, easy to fall into the nostalgia trap and, and the, the fact that we, we love these cartoons so much. When comparing but, it to Lauren Lester's performance in Fear of Victory. <sighs> Man, are we going to come up with a Fear of Victory jar, too, to go along with our Underdwellers <laughs> jar? I don't know. Maybe, the the jar? Same. <laughs> Maybe it's just the same jar. The bad it's episode just one jar. jar. The bad episodes, Jar. We don't talk about these episodes anymore. Your victory, you, Brave New Metropolis. None of them. Don't talk I, about I, them at all. Don't don't even mention them. They're just they're just those episodes now. Yes. Um. But yes, I I, I would agree. I I think that uh, our experience thus far of of Robin is well documented, and uh, we haven't had had as bad uh, or a negative even a negative uh, experience with with uh, Terry as Batman Beyond. No, even in some so. of our, our lower rated episodes like Golem, like one of the issues with that episode is that Terry's not in it very much. Right. So yeah, we, if anything, you're kind of al- almost always wanting more from him just because he is so good. But yeah, I guess, I guess as we're wrapping up here, we can, I, I'll uh, pose the question to you. Uh, where, where does this rate on as far as like rewatchability goes? Do you think this is an important one to check or is this one you can kind of skip by? Um, I think because it has Bane in it, I think because it does, um, you know, give give a little more of the human aspect of Terry, as you know, fleshes out his character, despite the ridiculousness that D- Dana decides to stay with him, despite him being a yes. jerk. Hashtag Dana deserves better. Um, I, I think that I think that it's important uh, just for the storyline. It gives you more depth. I mean, I know there are some episodes in the future that deal with Terry's high school life, the ever popular egg baby episode. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there, there are certainly more episodes that feature uh, Terry in high school, but you know, it gives, it gives like we said, uh, I guess it was last week. Um, we were talking about, this is a, this is teenage Batman. And thus there needs to be some teenage angst that they throw in there and some realistic teenage storyline. So this is a good way to do that without making it feel like a a forced. um, It never feels like a PSA. Correct. I I would agree. 
I would agree completely. It's not a children and guns don't mix ever. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's a good way of addressing a, a real life topic that we like we said, and um, you know, they do it in a in a way that is realistic and 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 kind of kind of refreshing. So, you know, I I appreciated this episode. So I would say I would say it's it's not it's not a mandatory C. Um, now we're getting into qualifying rewatchability. Um, but I would recommend it. Yeah. I would say, I would say, watch it. It's, it's not a boring episode. It's fun. Like you said, Batman's fleshed out and you get to hear um, more of Tim playing, uh, the Joker's leader, by the way, we didn't even talk about, yeah, we we didn't talk about that voice acting. Another fine performance by, by Mr. Tim. Much right up there with performance as the toy man in, uh, Great ghost. <laughs> oh man, you're lucky. I don't want to take the time to play the disagreement alarm because uh, I very well easily could play the disagreement alarm right now. But uh, I digress. Anyway, final scores, Liam. Let's wrap up with our final scores. So, totaling everything up on my end here, I come up with a final score of 25 out of 40. <laughs> and I have a very different. 26 out of 40. Uh, just a reminder for the folks at home, we don't compare notes beforehand. We don't, Correct. We came up with these scores uh, on our own individually. However, we are related. That's true. So it may, it may be genetic. It By the way, can I just tell you, we uh, d- pull back the curtain a little bit. We record episodes in bunches generally. So mm-hmm. uh, we got a lot of blowback on hating fear of victory, by the way. So I just oh, want to say... It's okay. It's okay to be wrong, like all of the people that tweeted me and said I said we were wrong about that episode were. It's okay. It's not a big deal that you were so very wrong about that episode. <laughs> and Scarecrow's two fake mustaches. That, that, yeah, the less I say about that, the better. I'm so thankful that anybody took the time to comment uh, and and or maybe possibly listen to us and, grown and, men talking uh, about a cartoon. It's not illegal to disagree with us. That, and, that is true. Uh, but you are wrong. wrong. But you are wrong. <laughs> that episode is trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Liam. Uh, so let us start wrapping things up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate the fact that you uh, take the time to listen to us. We'd love to hear feedback. Um, we say it every time. Even if you don't agree with us, we'd love to hear feedback from you. So please feel free. Send us uh, your thoughts on this episode, Winning Edge. Uh, how do you – the Winning Edge. I keep leaving the off, Liam. Um, <laughs> the Winning Edge. Um, you know, let us know what your thoughts are. Did you like the episode? What did you think of the Merce character? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how did you feel about the the introduction of Bane or lack thereof? Uh, tweet Liam. He's the DCAU review Twitter guru. Liam, uh, where can they reach you? They can reach us, reach me specifically, as I am the guru at at DCAU review on Twitter. That's the place where That's correct. I do all my tweeting. And by the way, we are still planning to do a giveaway when we hit our 250th follower. We're getting there. We're slowly climbing the mountain. All you have to do to be involved in the drawing for that is every week when we post our new episode on Twitter, at DCAU Review, you like that tweet, you retweet it, and you follow us, and boom, you're in it. Once yep. we get to 250, we'll, have a, a, we'll remind our, our listeners of the secret word soon. But if you've been listening for a few weeks, you know what the secret word is. It's Martian. 
It's Martian. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and once we hit that, we'll ask for the secret word. We'll pick a pick somebody at random to give away the almost got him board game. But uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're super excited about that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, and so with that mentioned, we do also have a Facebook page, but we don't use it. We barely even talk about it anymore because it's bad, man. It's real. It's it's like worse than the Merce character bad. It's sure. worse than Fear of Victory bad. It is. It is. You know, I bet I bet Mark Zuckerberg has created some sort of fear toxin in order to win money in sports before. I bet that guy owns a pair of fake mustaches <laughs> or, or so. He's like, does either of these make me look more like a human being? <laughs> Which of these fake mustaches? Oh man, yeah! Don't forget, you can, you can find us, but you'll ha- you will have to seek us out because you you will not hear from us due to their their pace pay uh, wall and all that that they require. So Correct. find us on Twitter, find us on Facebook if you want to like us. Go ahead, but uh, definitely find us on Twitter. Tweet Liam, and uh, and also us- head to dcaureview.com if you if you stream these episodes rather than uh, download them. You can check out the episodes there if you're newer to our show. We, uh, we have it all organized by character, by show, so you can check out. We've done at least one episode on all four of the big, you know, the big main DCAU shows, so uh, if you're looking to navigate and find our archives, that's a good way to do it. There you go. All right, Liam, so that'll wrap us up for today's episode. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye. <laughs>